the for-profit sector plays an exceptionally important role in developing and providing affordable housing, specifically through the low-income housing tax credit program. We have partners within partners. When we partner with the nonprofits, they partner with all the other entities out there that, that we've been discussing today to bring additional resident services to our properties. We know that home ownership is that one piece that can build wealth. And that wealth is passed on from one generation to another generation. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Vitalist Spark podcast. I'm your host, John Ford. And today is part two of our two-part series on housing and health. In part one, we started with people experiencing a homelessness crisis, then moved into whole person care, housing with wraparound services. Today, we're headed further down the continuum, looking at how we can improve affordable housing in Arizona. And we're featuring both a for-profit developer and a nonprofit powerhouse that is part consumer advisor, part bank, and part builder. It's all thanks to our colleague, CJ Eisenbarth Hager, who hosted this session of practitioners as they generously gave their time to speak directly with our board of trustees. And we captured it all so that you could hear it too. If you missed part one, be sure to check your podcast app or visit our website at vitalisthealth.org slash podcast to meet our first two presenters. Right now, though, you'll hear from our second set of experts. And like always, it'll happen in about the space of your daily commute. So let's get to it. Please join my colleague, CJ Eisenbarth Hager, as we bring you part two of this incredibly informative session. It's time to meet the people focused on effective, affordable solutions for health and well-being through housing. So next we will have Sally Schwinn, and I'm really looking forward to hearing more about Gorman and Company and their approach to building permanent affordable housing. Thanks, CJ. Thank you all for having me today. Gorman and Company is a little bit different than than the nonprofits in Native American Connections and Trellis here today. We're a for-profit company, and we typically partner with nonprofits and housing authorities and governmental energy entities in developing our, our uh, affordable housing. We were formed in 1986 by Gary Gorman, and currently we are based in Madison, Wisconsin, where he started. The company, we have approximately 6,500 units nationwide. We have offices in Illinois, Florida, Denver, and Arizona. In Arizona, we have approximately 1,100 units. It says 11 projects. We just opened another one and started construction on another one, so it's a little out of date, but so 12 projects that are here. And we just started our own property management company um, in Arizona. We had managed everything out of Wisconsin, so we took over that big task in December. So here's a sample of some of our properties. We're all over the state. There's the Bowman Senior Residences. We partnered with the Housing Authority in Nogales to build that project. It's literally about a half a block from the border. Um, it's a senior property. And then we've got Lofts at McKinley. It's another senior property. And that one's downtown. And Gracie's Village is a property with 50 units in Tempe that's on the light rail. So as Dee Dee mentioned earlier, it's really important to do what we can to provide the, the transportation. In the, um, we, we receive low-income housing tax credits, as, as Dee Dee mentioned earlier as well. And it, there's a, it's, a, it's a competitive process. So the past number of years, the transportation's been a high-scoring entity on the on the QAP which is a qualified allocation plan and uh, so 
that's been very beneficial to a lot of the affordable housing and why you see some of those projects along the light rail in both Phoenix and Tucson. Last year, they opened that up to include not just the light rail, but also high-capacity bus systems. So we're, we're building on, on that source of transportation as well. So kind of giving you an, another example, um, Escobedo, we partnered with a nonprofit called Save the Family based in Mesa. This is a property where we did receive funding from Mercy Maricopa, which Didi mentioned before. We basically use all the same capital stock that, that Didi mentioned through our partnerships with our co-developers. And so that this is an example of how Mercy Maricopa came in. I believe that we have 12 units at Escobedo that are set aside for SMI population. We just closed on a 100-unit property with the Housing Authority of Maricopa County in December of this year, it'll be 100 units. It's a uh, RAD program, which is called <coughs> Rental Assistance Demonstration, where HUD has come in and allowed housing authorities to convert their public housing into uh, project-based voucher developments. So we currently developed four projects with the Housing Authority of Maricopa County. Heritage at Surprise, the 100-unit property I just mentioned, is going to be the final property for that conversion in the Housing Authority's portfolio. But that property also has Mercy Maricopa money, and we added, I believe, 20 units set aside for SMI population at that property. Cofelt is another property that is where we're a co-developer partner with the Housing Authority of Maricopa County. This property represents 301 units of a acquisition rehab. I believe all in all it was about five and a half years to complete this project. Um, as you can see, it was the old barrack-style housing. It was It's located at 19th Avenue in Buckeye. There's a school located just to the south of the property that literally houses about 70% of the students. So there was some discussion with, with Gloria early on as to whether or not it made sense to raise this, the buildings on this property and start over again or to sell the property or exactly what direction to go. But given the fact that you had such a large population that attended the school nearby and folks really wanted to stay, they, uh, they were able to put this, this together. The, the capital stack on this property is quite impressive, and um, next time we do this, I'll have to bring that with me. <laughs> but altogether, it's about a $45 million um, acquisition rehab. One of our most recent properties that we just opened up, we partnered with the Housing Authority of Yuma County and the City of Yuma. In this case, the as, as in many of the cases when we partner with the housing authorities, they bring the land to the project, which really helps us in our ability to underwrite these deals and get the financing. That was the case with this property. It's a family property. Again, in, in all these properties, we provide resident services through our partners. And like Didi, we have partners within partners. So when we partner with the nonprofits, they partner with all the other entities out there that, that we've been discussing today to bring additional resident services to our properties. Mm -hmm. So we typically have community gardens, we have some food banks, we have computer labs, we have all sorts of on-site training and again help with transportation if we're not on the light rail. One example of that, going back to the Heritage at Surprise, is we set up a reserve where we will be able to provide transportation for folks since there's not a bus line 
nearby, it's going to be longer than, you know, a mile. In that case, this was financed with a different financing structure with tax credits, so we didn't have to be within a, a half mile of the light rail. So since that was the case, we were able to provide how, um, transportation through a different method. So really, that kind of wraps everything up. It's, it's uh, very broad and trying to take the 30,000-foot look down, but uh, that's perfect. a little bit of it. I think it's perfect, Sally. I think you highlighted a couple of things that I think are really important when, when it comes to providing high-quality, affordable housing. The first one is that it's not limited to government and nonprofit sectors, that the for-profit sector plays an exceptionally important role in, in developing and providing affordable housing, specifically through the Low-Income Housing Tax Credit Program. Arizona isn't alone in that, so that's a, a national phenomenon, and that's been increasing over the over the decades. And then the other the other one was the importance of partnerships and and Didi and and Katie both mentioned that and I expect Patricia will as well that um, it's not only a housing organization providing services they look to those who are experts in things like education, mental health and those things to provide the services that residents need to be housed safely and successfully. So last but not least, we will have Patricia Duarte, who is with Trellis, talk a little bit about affordable home ownership. So Patricia. Thank you, CJ. So Trellis is a 43-year-old organization originally established in 1975 under the name Neighborhood Housing Services of Phoenix, with neighborhood revitalization being the core of why the organization was organized. If you reflect back to what was happening in the 70s, a lot of neighborhoods were being abandoned. The urban sprawl was happening and inner city neighborhoods were being left. They were being disinvested and, and empty. So we are part of a national network called NeighborWorks America and have about 240 organizations across the nation that have very similar programs. Our mission is really to, to stabilize neighborhoods and communities. And when we decided to change our name to Trellis, it really reflected the work that we had been done for 40 years. When we celebrated our 40th anniversary, we chose Trellis because we are a framework of support for growth to the communities that we serve and the families that we help. And homeownership is really our cup of tea. That, that's what we believe in. We know that homeownership is that one piece that can build wealth. And that wealth is passed on from one generation to another generation. And so that is our why. Over the years, we have helped. Now, uh, we just finished 2018. So we have about 3,500 families or individuals that are homeowners that purchased their home by going through our program. The core of our services is really home advisement and home buyer education. It's really important for people to understand their finances and how to be a smart consumer. And sometimes homeownership is not for everyone. We would love for everyone to be a homeowner, but we know that that's not the case. But it's very important to have affordable rental because with affordable rents, people can save for an emergency. Um, home is very critical, and we know that an affordable home not only is going to build equity over the years as they pay it off, but it's going to also give them an opportunity to, to save for that emergency. 
And we know that it's possible because we've seen it over the years. We're also a mortgage bank and we are a home builder. So we do a little bit of different things to help with the sustainability of the organization. We're a $14 million in net asset organization and with 20 employees. But we know that the funding, especially for home ownership type programs, are fewer and fewer, unfortunately. But we are trying to be self-sustaining by generating revenue to help cover the operations of our organization. And those are two homes that you see that we built in the Garfield community, which is a historic uh, neighborhood. We've worked with the neighborhood to design, and these two homes fit in the historic nature of of the community. So it's important that we work with the neighborhood when we come in and build new construction for our infill programs. We know it is possible because Mr. Torres here holding his keys with the eye patch, he was homeless for many years. When he came to our office, he had already found some stability. He was working with a parish and they helped him to stabilize. He was employed had two years of employment as a landscaper when he came to us. And his pastor called us before he sent him over to us because he remembered our presentation and we said, send anybody to us. We'll work with everyone who wants to set some goals for home ownership. And he called just to double check because he had Mr. Torres in mind. And sure enough, Mr. Torres worked with us for three years and he, was one of the best students, um, our home advisors will tell you, because he did not do anything unless the home advisor instructed him that that was okay to do. (laughs) So it was really cute. His credit report, he'd never seen it, but his credit report had an unbelievable amount of medical bills. He was homeless, he had several accidents, and he kept going to the emergency for that. So when he came to us, we had to help analyze his credit report and figure a plan to pay off as many things that needed to be paid off to make him mortgage ready. So he was very excited. He bought in Glendale, and this month he celebrates two years in his home. Last summer, he sent us a picture where he added a block fence around his home. So he's very proud and we're very excited. No one in his family knew that he was going through this process. He didn't want anybody to know. His mom was the only one that did, and when we handed over the keys and had the media there, he asked his brothers and sisters to tune in, so he surprised them all. Next is um, great-grandma who adopted her five grandkids. These children had been bouncing around from one place to another place to another place, from trailer park to trailer park, and never, this was their first home. The oldest young man here, Mr. King, was in the ROTC program and very mature, uh, kind of the caretaker of all his siblings, and we were able to, to help them. Uh, help the grandma with the financing, get her mortgage ready, and they benefited from several down payment programs and the Home and Five program as well, which is a program that the Phoenix IDA and Maricopa IDA offer. When we were featuring the story on Mr. Torres, Shawanda learned about the organization, and she called, and she wanted to know about homeownership. 
our home advisor informed her that there was this new community coming in South Phoenix, a new construction program, South Phoenix Village. And sure enough, we were able to get her through that program, get her home advisement, get her mortgage ready. And she was the first homeowner to purchase in the South Phoenix community. These homes are new construction being built by FSL, and it's a program through the city of Phoenix. Star and her daughter, she's a single mom, uh, she wanted to be a homeowner so that her daughter could have her own bedroom. And in this case, they wanted to paint it pink. <laughs> and she's been in her home now for about three years. And um, Mr. May here, he also wanted to, he's also a single dad, and he wanted to buy a home. He has a daughter, Caitlin, and he wanted to leave something for his daughter. And that's kind of the, the same thing. The next picture is another uh, photo of Mr. Warren. He also wanted to buy a home, and they all had something in common. They wanted to have a home that they can leave for their son or daughter, and in this case, the daughter and uh, granddaughter. In most cases, they all were able to benefit from a variety of different programs. Down payment and closing cost assistance programs come and go. That's kind of one of the problems in our industry, that there's a kind of one-time unique program that comes around, we use it, and then it's exhausted. There's no one consistent program that's available to plan better and help families with uh, their dreams of becoming homeowners. This is a group, uh, it's a class, so we provide financial coaching classes, and our financial coaching classes is really all about behavior changes. We've been very successful in measuring people's credit savings, reduction in debt over a period of time. So that is a program that even if they don't become a homeowner, this is a great program because it helps them to build some savings. So this slide, I think maybe I should have started with this. This is why we do what we do. The Federal Reserve did some research and in 2015, they published this information. The difference in wealth, if the median homeowner wealth in the US in 2015 was 195,400. But for a renter, it's only 5,400. What a huge difference. So homeownership is the way. Homeownership is the way to help people build wealth. And it's been a very uneven field. People of color have not benefited from the opportunity of becoming homeowners. So the statistics there show that we have 45% Hispanic and 42% African-American when the white homeownership rate is 72%. So we have a lot of work to do. We're very proud that I was just looking at our data for 2018 and we have reached more African-American families and more Latino families last year, and every year it keeps growing. So we are an organization that is trusted by people of color. We can provide them with the mortgage financing if needed, we can build the homes if needed, but we do work with a lot of different other organizations that build or financial institutions that provide the financing. So home is very important. We know that home impacts health, it impacts education, it's a form of economic mobility. So the, the fact that people go through the program, they will know that 
this is something that they can do within their earning power. If they receive a down payment and closing cost assistance, many times there is a soft second or there's a lien that is on the property to ensure that they stay in the home. It's not uncommon that when the market improves, somebody knocks on their door and wants to refinance them. If they have a down payment from us and there's a lien there, we will evaluate it and we will not always subordinate because if, if that happens, they'll have to repay that second mortgage that we have on the property. So it's a tool that is useful to help people not get preyed on when someone is trying to refinance them. That is one way that people will quickly lose their wealth because they start to pull equity from their properties. And we saw a lot of that proceeding to the Great Recession. Thank you, Patricia. One of the quotes on your slide was about a gentleman sleeping better at night after after he had the security of owning a home and being in one place. And I think that's true for lots of folks, that they sleep better, their mental health is better, but of course their physical health is better when there's a certainty in their housing security. Thanks, CJ, and a big thank you to both Sally Schwen from Gorman and & Company and Patricia Duarte from Trellis. That's it for our journey along the housing continuum. We welcome you to share both part one and part two of this journey with your coworkers, colleagues, and friends who can benefit from learning more about how Arizona practitioners are addressing the intersection of health and housing. Stay tuned. We've got a whole new series of conversations with four early-stage cross-sector collaborations from across the state headed your way next. To make sure you get it, reach into your podcast app right now and subscribe to The Vitalist Spark. As always, remember this. With great responsibility comes great power. We'll see you back on the road to well-being soon.